Hello, and welcome to the Amateur of Life and Death podcast. I'm Laura East. My fellow podcast host Luke Plimmer is resting his voice this month because he's hard at work rehearsing for a musical. He'll be appearing as Benny Southstreet in Tinker's Farm Opera's amateur production of Guys and Dolls, coming up in May at Stourbridge Town Hall. Each episode of the Amateur of Life and Death podcast takes a look at a different aspect of the wonderful world of amateur theatre and features an amateur theatre maker talking about their theatrical life, theatrical loves and the times when they've died on stage. This month's episode focuses on the upcoming production of the play Educating Rita at the Crescent Theatre Birmingham as part of the Crescent Theatre's centenary season. Our presenter Liz Plumpton talks to Vicky Euster, who's playing the title role of Rita in the Crescent's production. I've borrowed John O'Neill's backstage pass and peeked into the Crescent's 100-year archives to find out more about the Crescent's history with Educating Rita by Willie Russell. Let's hear now from Liz and Vicky. I'm delighted to be joined by actress Vicky Euster, who is playing the part of Rita in the Crescent Theatre's forthcoming production of Educating Rita. Hi, Vicky. Hello, you all right? Yeah, I'm good. Thank you so much for coming on to the podcast. Yeah, that's okay. So, Vicky, tell us about your first love. So, my first love would have been, I think, when I was young, I did some a play with my dad. So yeah. it's, it's always been embedded in my family. That's sort of where my love for theatre came from. Um, and when I was very young, I did um, pantomimes in a church. With, and my dad was there, my mum was there. And then as I got a bit older, I joined an amateur group um, called Company of the Curtain. And there we performed Oliver Twist. And it was, a, it was actually, I think, the after show party. And I got very very emotional and it was my first post-show blues yeah and that was when I realized oh yeah I love this this is what yeah. I want to do um, so do your mum and dad act as well so <clears throat> interesting story actually my mum and dad met because of theatre mm-hmm. so my dad had no interest in theatre whatsoever didn't know anything about it um and he saw my mum on the bus one day found out who she was and that she did um, a bit of acting and directing mm-hmm. um, just for some an amateur group near where they lived and my dad decided to join the theatre just so he could meet her <laughs> and found out he was an amazing actor probably better than my mum if she don't mind me saying <laughs> um, and yeah then he fell in love with it and so it's always just been in my genes if you like yeah, <laughs> yeah. so what was the first play that you did with your dad um I, we used to do pantomime, so I couldn't remember that. But but Oliver Twist was the first play that I did yeah. um, with with my dad. So were you like an urchin? I kind of char- one of those one of the kids. I was actually the Artful Dodger's best friend, oh. Charlie Brown. Charlie Brown's usually a boy, but obviously I was yeah. I was a girl. Um, so we played a bit of a double act together. Um, yeah, my dad was Mr. Bumble. Yeah. Oh, yeah. brilliant! Great. And um, I know you're not. Not super old, Vicky, but so far, <laughs> what's been the love of your theatrical life? It's got to be my first production here, The Lovely Bones. Um, it's just, It was everything that, that anyone would want to experience for a play. It, you know, the cast, we bonded so well. We had fun. It, it was manic. Backstage was just, everyone was everywhere. And the, the director was brilliant. And it, I think it was 
my first play here, and it, if it wasn't for that play, I wouldn't be here. Yeah. So I think, yeah, it, that will always have a special place in my heart, definitely. And you played um, Susie Salmon, who's kind of the main character's Lindsay sister, Salmon. Lindsay, that's, that's right. Yes. Yeah. Um, so did you just come and audition, just sit, just saw the show? and? Yeah, well, um, I actually, I became a member first in the August, and I had a little look, and I thought, oh, lovely bones, I'll have a go. Um, my first time doing an accent, because it was American. Yes, yeah. Um, I was an absolute nervous wreck at the start of it, and by the end, I was just like this big confident thing and I'd just grown so much in that time um yeah it's just very special to me yeah and on the main stage as well first yes show, yeah. first show on the main stage and I couldn't what I couldn't get over was how like wild it was backstage how like all the fast change everyone was running I thought that every production was like that yeah and I found all the other productions I've gone after with nothing as manic as that <laughs> so it's like I could do anything now you know what I mean yeah I can... it was quite an ensemble show wasn't it so yes. there were lots of there were people multi-rolling and uh, and lots of um different locations of scenes and yes yeah, yeah lots of bits um but obviously I saw the underneath there was a bit about um what was my favorite role so yeah. that was my favourite production. Yes. But my favourite role was Helen in There Are No Beginnings. And that's just because of how much... Um, I had a lot going on for me at that time in my life, um, mm. personal stuff. And Helen was very much an escape for me. It was my first role with just four people. And we were mm -hmm. all women yeah. in the studio. It was, And it was my first really claustrophobic play I've ever done. So it was a first for everything. I'd never even had that that many monologues before, um, so yeah, that role meant a lot to me. Um, yeah. Tell us a bit about that play, because not all of our listeners might know there are no beginnings. So it's relatively new play. Mm. I believe it's only been done before the Leeds Playhouse. Am I right in saying that? Um, so it's it's sort of about these women in the time that the Yorkshire Ripper was active. Um, so it's very much not about him. Um, yeah. It's about the women's lives. Uh, and Helen, who I played, was a 14-year-old prostitute. Um, so just a, a very interesting role. Could really mm. get your teeth into it. Very vulnerable character. Yes. Yeah. And the play itself was just so empowering for women. Mm. Um, such a, such an important piece of theatre for me, in my eyes. Yeah. quite well I suppose not so much the subject matter in a way that was similar but very different stage experience the lovely bones because as you said it was a studio production um it was in the round yes um very simple staging really in terms of no real set yeah we didn't um, leave the stage either never yeah. done that before mm. <laughs> um so yeah everything about that that play was just a brand new experience for me I'd never had a chance to really get into a character like that either um, so yeah, very different to the Lovely Bones, but, but uh, yeah, both yeah. Uh, equally. I love both. <laughs> Great. Um, if you have one, tell us about the one that got away. Hmm. Now this was a difficult one for me because <clears throat> there's one play that I'd always always wanted to do, and that's Blood Brothers. That yeah. that is something I would just yeah always wanted to do, which isn't always because it's always done professionally it's quite hard the to... musical isn't available to amateurs mm. um is always on professional yeah. tour i think there's a play version you can do 
but it's only licensed for youth theatres, uh, as far as I remember. So, yeah. Difficult. So, who knows, maybe one day. <laughs> what do you love about Blood Brothers? Um, do you know, it was one of the first plays that I remember seeing, because obviously when I was younger, I love you love panto and musicals and that sort of stuff, but it was the first serious play mm. that I'd seen. And I just absolutely fell in love with it. I, I just loved the story. Um, I, I, love, I loved the leading lady, you know, I, I thought, oh, yeah, I'd love to be her. Um, yeah, I don't know, but I just always love it. Fully enough, it's um, Willie Russell. It is, yeah. Um, yeah I think I'm yeah. just a fan of Willie Russell, I think. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's got that kind of, almost like a bit of a Greek tragedy at the beginning of Blood Brothers as well, yes. hasn't it? It's, um, just, I love bleak stuff as well. I'm, yeah. I am, I'm a sucker for, for sad plays. It's all I've ever done here, really, actually. Um, so, yeah, I just, I, I love the story. I think it's interesting. Mm. Well, maybe, maybe one day they'll stop touring it professionally. <laughs> I might be old, too old then. <laughs> I might be old enough for the mum by then. Yeah. I'll be too old for Linda. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and tell us about a time when you died on stage. So I have never um, died as a character. I think yeah. I was just, I, that is one thing I'd love to do. Um, I fainted, but but not died. So um, I thought I'd talk about something that went wrong yeah. for me and Girl on the Train. It wasn't really for me, but I, I was on stage. <laughs> <laughs> I have asked him. He's okay with me talking about it. Um, but Tom, bless him. Sort of, me, Grace, and Tom were studying this scene. It was a very serious scene, very intense. And Tom just fell, just started to fall. But I was waiting for the fall to happen and it never came. So he sort of just span and span and span. <laughs> and it felt like it went on for about two and this minutes. This was with an audience. Yes, yeah. with an audience. Yeah. And so he's the next line. So me and Grace sort of just looked at each other, look at Tom, just standing there like, what do we do? <laughs> I was like, is he okay? And eventually the spinning stopped. And he turned around and he delivered the line. I was like, oh, my God. So I looked at him, I went, you know, bounced my head as if to say, are, you, are we carrying on? <laughs> and I'll never forget that because it was just, um, it was terrible. I've had a few things happen that go wrong on stage, but there's something about that that just absolutely terrified me. I think it's because he couldn't deliver the line until he'd stopped falling. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that was an interesting one. <laughs> so... Was he on a, was that the part of the stage that was raked or was he just on the flat? No, we were just on the flat. I think he just, he just really got into the scene. Yeah. I remember he panics and sort of stops Grace from leaving and he just fell, but it, the fall just never happened. <laughs> it was just a ballet dancer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Great. Okay, well, let's talk now about Educating Rita, which is in rehearsals at the moment. Um, it opens in the Crescent Studio Theatre on the 24th of February and runs till the 2nd of March. Uh, it's a pretty famous play, uh, an iconic play and a 20th century classic. The role of Rita was made famous by Julie Walters, both on stage and then in the film that was made um, afterwards. How does it feel to be taking on such a well-known character? Amazing is, is the only word that comes to mind, really. I mean, I'm so grateful. Um, I remember I, I told my uncle um, and he said, I know people that would kill for that role. And I think that's when it hit me. I was like, oh, wow, I'm actually I'm doing a really good role here. So, yeah, um, I'm just ever so grateful to Faith for giving me the opportunity. Do you feel any pressure? Because it's, you know, it's not... 
sometimes you do a play like there are no beginnings and I don't think many people would have seen that before who came to see it so they they see you in the role and you're that role for them mm. a lot of people will have seen educating Rita um how is there any pressure to feel like oh is it you know yeah. am I gonna be what they expect there, there is um I'm trying to sort of not let that consume me and just sort of think well I can only do what I can do but there is that um, especially because people keep saying to me, oh, I'm really excited for this one. I'm thinking, oh, God, don't. I hope it comes out. I hope you like it. Um, so, yeah, there is that element of, I want to get this really good. Mm. Um, but, I mean, it's so brilliantly written and the character itself, I've sort of, the script does it for itself, really. Yeah. Um, yeah. And have you watched or researched any other versions of the play? No, not I don't. I don't tend to do that. I've actually never watched any film version or, or read any a, a book of any play I've been in. Um, if I do decide to, it will be after. Yeah. So I sort of want to get. I mean, I, I have watched a bit of Julie Walters, but I haven't watched the full yeah. thing. Um, so I sort of want to get that on my, on my own. I don't want to become a carbon copy of somebody else. Or, yeah. Yeah. Um, and the play has become associated with Liverpool. Mm -hmm. And Rita is usually played with a Liverpudlian accent, although Willie Russell didn't actually specify that in the script. I think it just says um, a university in the north of England. Mm. But I think you are doing a Scouse accent, if I'm yeah. right. Yes. So how have you approached finding that and the character's voice? I really actually I love the Scouse because I, I think that's Rita's personality. I think it adds to her personality. And, and what I love about it is that I think a lot of people would as soon as the second act comes when when she started to become more educated and she started to find herself I imagine I don't know but I imagine some people might start to change her accent a bit I'm not trying to do that because mm. her accent doesn't define her education and her knowledge that is just her and where she's from so I love it and, and it does have that comic the, the scouse you know it, yeah. it, it's it's funny it helps with the comedy but yeah I think that's her and that's how she would sound you know if she was from Liverpool mm. there's also quite a few links to Liverpool in the play so I can yeah. see why why the scouse has come from um but yeah I, I love it it's hard it's been hard to learn it took me a while was it an accent you could do before no. okay as soon as I heard this play was announced I started to learn it and after about I'd say five months I got it and I thought, so how well... Did you, how did you do that? <clears throat> so I um, I went online and I went on YouTube and I sort of I watched YouTube videos. But you can also read... Um, I can't even... I don't even know what it's called. And it shows you all the different ways of reading accents. Mm. And it, it's something as simple as... I saw one video and it said, birds, well, make your mouth say bid yeah. while you say birds, birds. It comes mm. out scouse, mm -hmm. um, and I, to be honest, I thought even if I don't get it, I've got something under my belt, and I yeah. find accents so fascinating. Um, so yeah, it's quite quite. So I had to do Yorkshire for there and no beginnings. Yes, yeah. So I've I've actually re since coming here, I've realised I'm actually not too bad at accents. I didn't yeah. know till I came here. So I think yeah. that from a few plays I've worked on, um, I think what I've learned about accents is that you can you can break it down into something quite technical. You think it's just, oh, you've either got an ear for it or you haven't. And I think there are people who have a little bit more of an ear for it and people who have a little bit less. But you, like you just said with that example there, um, you can be taught how mm. to 
make the shape of your mouth and yeah. how you, you know, slightly change the vowel sounds or, or the rhythm of the accent. It's something that you can learn in a more technical way than I think maybe I realised um, when I was younger as well. Yeah, well, well, I mean, having such a strong Birmingham accent that I have, I actually find it a lot easier to learn Scouse or Yorkshire or American rather than just RP. Oh, really? Yeah, because if I'm doing something like Pride and Prejudice, like I did, yeah. um, RP, it's a bit different because that is a different time period. Mm. But I found Girl on the Train quite difficult because she was RP, but modern. Yes. So to become yeah. natural with it, I actually found really, really difficult. Whereas going straight for Scouse was a lot easier for me. Mm -hmm. mm. That's interesting. So um, you're about a week away from, from Tech Week and two weeks away from opening yes. Educating Rita. What are you enjoying about rehearsing the play? <clears throat> I think how much you can... I mean, we'd go through each scene in such detail. Um, you can really get your teeth into a character when it's just the two of you. Um, and I, I found it really fun, you know, just sat there with, with Fiona and, and Andrew, the PA, and, and Bill, Frank, um, and we'll sit and we'll really discuss everything in detail. What do you think of that bit? And what do you, and it, mm. it's just been so fun, um, just the closeness of it. And Fiona is a fantastic director, so she's been amazing to work with, as has Andrew. So, yeah. Have you found the play funny in rehearsals? Because I, it's interesting. Um, sometimes rehearsing, it's a sort of, it's not a, it's not a completely comic play, but it's definitely got comedy in it. Um, people say different things, don't they? Sometimes rehearsing a funny play is really fun. Other times, people are like, I'm not really, it's not really that fun at all. Um, yeah. So, when it, so at first, I, I mean, uh, when we were first doing the read-throughs and stuff of the scenes, uh, I'd, I'd, I would have a little laugh to myself at some of the things that, that especially Rita comes out with. Um, but I suppose you just get a bit immune to it. I mean, when I've had new people come in, um, you know, for props or sound or whatever have you, and they haven't seen it yet and they have a little giggle, I think, oh, yeah, I forgot that bit's funny. Yeah. Um, and, but Fiona still laughs at a lot of things, so... Yeah, it, it is funny. Um, I mean, I find one bit that Frank does really hard to not laugh at, actually. Um, <laughs> but I've got there in the end. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, funny, but you get a bit immune to it. Yes. Yeah. yeah sure. Um, a Sunday Times review described Educating Rita as a play about the value of education, about the meaning of life, and a modern-day Pygmalion. What is the play about for you? It's about choice, uh, having a voice and the same opportunities. So um, as opposed to, you know, each class having the same opportunities, each gender having the same opportunities. But the main thing for me is it's about tables turning. Mm. One person can be, can start somewhere at the beginning of the play and the other person is, is the complete other direction and the tables just completely turn. And that's the big thing for me. It's not just about Rita. It's about Frank's journey as well mm. and how he very much comes down. She very much goes up. Yeah. And um, how have you found playing that dynamic with um, with Bill, William, who's playing uh, Frank? Brilliant. Um, he is fantastic. And as we worked together uh, on Pride and Prejudice here, 
um, we already had that relationship. Mm. Um, but yeah, we've we've got a really good bond. Um, and as I say, it's been in really interesting to watch Bill. Um, and we almost found a point in the play where we realised that both of our characters are sort of at the same level. Yeah. And it's only very brief mm. before he starts to go down and she starts to go up. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's been really fun to, to look at all the different levels. And how do you feel about the end of the play? It's a happy ending. Mm, it's bittersweet. In my, it's a it's a bit of a strange ending in my eyes, um, and it's sort of like it's not completely happy and it's not completely sad. That it, it's it's just an ending. It's just what it mm. is. Um, but it is. I think it is quite. I think I might cry. Have a little bit of a cry, <laughs> cry in the bowels. It is quite emotional. Yeah. Yeah. Especially because me and Bill have, have had a few tears in rehearsals actually yeah. during some of the scenes. It's, can be quite intense yeah <clears throat> and what's been the most challenging aspect of doing the play the lines <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> I, I've I find there's a little bit of me and Rita already um I find I can relate to her and I find playing her quite natural but god she talks a lot <laughs> <laughs> she talks a lot um so I've, that's been quite challenging remembering all of those lines and where you're saying them. Yeah. Um, as I said, is it I've the never... biggest role you've done in terms of number of lines? Oh, easily. Yeah. Yeah. Easily. Um, but yeah, I think they're there. <laughs> I, guess yeah. we'll, I guess we'll find <laughs> out. <laughs> How yeah. long is it running the play, roughly? Um, well, this is the thing. The first half is about an hour and ten. Yeah. And then the second half is about forty-five, fifty. So I didn't expect that, to be honest. Um, the other two handers I've seen here, I mean, some of them haven't even had intervals. They've been like yes. 90 minutes. Yeah. So I th when I realised, when I looked at all the scenes, I thought, oh, my gosh. Um, so, yeah, it is, it's quite a long one for a two-hander, but the second... So it's about two hours yeah. of stage time. So does that mean you're talking for about an hour? Or does she talk more than Frank? <laughs> she, she talks more than Frank, yeah. <laughs> she. It's the fact that when she talks, she just goes on and on and on and yeah. on but frank's quite to the point um so yeah it's a lot <laughs> and how do you approach learning lines what's your method so if i'm honest i don't actually really have one i know a lot of people sort of have really specific ways of doing it um i learn most in rehearsals when mm -hmm. i'm doing it naturally uh i am lucky in the sense that my mum and dad will do it with me whenever i need be uh, me and bill have also done lines over the phone uh, a few oh, really? times yeah. Yeah. yeah um so yeah i just i what i try to do is really really understand what i'm saying yeah and then that's how i learn it i mean sometimes i tend to change it around a little bit without realizing but i'm saying the same thing you know <laughs> so that's something i've got to work on but um yeah just very natural with it i think so you don't record yourself? No. Or, yeah. No, I don't do any of that stuff, no. Lines haven't actually ever been that tricky for me. I'm, I'm quite good with lines. Um, but you Don't mind me saying, Vicky, that's also because you're quite young. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Trust me, in another 20 years, you might find it takes a bit longer. No, my dad says the same to me. <laughs> he says the same. 
it does unfortunately get harder as you yeah yeah as you get older which is why i'm glad i've I've got this role now yes um so i can i can take on things like this now while i've still got the capacity (laughs) i think you can train i think it's a bit of a um it's a bit like a muscle as well though if you keep learning lines you sort of strengthen your ability to learn lines Mm. Um, yes you know because i mean i know some um older uh, professional actresses will still learn something even if they're not doing a play at that point they may be doing something else tv or radio where you can hold the script mm. um they'll still make themselves like learn a poem or just just memorize something every day just to keep it going ah okay i'll have to remember that one then <laughs> when i realize it's starting to slip <laughs> So being in a two-hander like educating Rita can be quite intense. Mm. It's only two of you and the director and production assistant maybe um, in the rehearsal room. How have you found that aspect of it? I've loved it. Um, I've found that I think me and Bill have been able to connect to the emotions of the characters really well because there is only a very small amount of you and there's no... You always have the worry, especially in the rehearsal room, when you've got a big cast, the whispers in the background yeah. and the people moving in, it's often out to the toilet. Whereas it is us and it's so intense and you, there's just this silence and, and you really feel it. Um, so we can really get into the scene. I mean, Fiona's had a few tears in there herself. Mm. And, and at the beginning, we already had our scripts in the hand at that point. So it's quite, you can feel it so much more. So I've loved it. Yeah, really enjoyed it. You're just going to do two-handers from now on. <laughs> I wouldn't go that far. I'm having a break after this one, I think, because I'll tell you one thing, I am knackered. <laughs> yeah. Yes, it's tiring, isn't it? There's yeah. no there's no off-stage time, really, is there? You can't have, sometimes in a play, you have a couple of scenes and then you're not in a couple of scenes, so you can go to the dressing room and just... Yeah, we, we don't leave the stage. Um, I think, no. So, yeah. There is no, that's the only thing that does concern me is what if I suddenly need a drink of water and they're like, <laughs> I can't. <laughs> Although I have done it in their very beginnings, so hopefully I won't need to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hopefully you'll be all right. <laughs> um, do you have a favourite scene or a favourite moment in the play? Tell us about that. Um, I don't want to say too much about it, but there is this moment where she suddenly has all of the power in the room and she delivers this speech um with the words um self-pitying piss artist and that's my favorite line just because it just comes out so well um can you do it in, in the accent go on give so us the line she actually says i'll tell you what you can't bear mr self-pitying piss artist the way, yeah, I love that line. Um, and that speech is probably, for me, the most powerful in the play because she's suddenly, she's got that strength to to stand up mm. um, probably for the first time in her life. Um, and, yeah, I just, I love that line. It just comes out beautifully. <laughs> yeah, I'd say that's that's the bit for me. Thank you. Is there anything else you want to chat about? I mean, I'd love to just mention how much I love the Crescent Theatre. Because, <laughs> I mean, I've been a member here now for, oh, this will be my third year, which mm-hmm. has 
blown by and this is my sixth production um so yeah I've, as i say i'm i am forever grateful to the lovely bones play because if it wasn't for that one i wouldn't be here now um and yeah it, it's just this theater's given me a lot more than than people realize as i say I've, i have you know i've been a lot of things going on for me in my personal life and and this has been my escape yeah. um so yeah i think it's just important to mention how important this mm. theatre is to me. I mean, it's like, they're, it's like my family, my home, I mm. actually call it now, so. Oh. Yeah, it's lovely. Mm. And have you ever thought in the future about doing any other, so you, you've acted, obviously, been busy, six shows in three years. <laughs> um, are there any other aspects of theatre that interest you, any of the other roles, you know? Yes, so I'd never really thought about it until Girl on the Train and Poppy was the leading props and she she just done these amazing things on um on a tablet she'd done like digital art and, and mm. she put so much into these props and I was like that looks really fun so I, I've mentioned it to her actually um I would love to get involved in props at some point preferably on a production that you could be creative with like yes. that you know when she's yeah. made you know she had to make a business card and a newspaper article and, and the effort she put in and I'd love, I mean, I'm very creative like that. Yeah. Um, I also like to be involved in the advertising side of things. Mm -hmm. um, I've done a few things, certainly for the plays I've been in, but uh, I also helped with, um, was it Christmas Carol? Oh yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, I absolutely love making videos and stuff for the, for the social media. Um, yeah, so that, I mean, I'd probably have a go at anything, to be fair, if it was, Great. if it was handed <laughs> to me, but maybe not sound. That makes me nervous. <laughs> why, yeah. why does that make you nervous? Because I just think what, if you press that button and it's the wrong thing and it's all, yeah, I think too much pressure. I actually would find working backstage so much more pressure than being on stage, which a lot of the people backstage think, um, they're like, what the fuck are you on about? Yeah. <laughs> but for me, I just, it's too much pressure back there. I don't know why. <laughs> bizarre I suppose but yeah uh, you might not find that if you give it a try no maybe not maybe I should <laughs> <laughs> okay uh so now Vicky we are going to do our backstage binaries okay these are quick fire questions which you have not seen in advance yeah. uh so I will give you two choices and I'm just looking for your instinctive first response okay and then at the end I will ask if you want to clarify any of them we talk about a couple of them a bit more okay okay yep okay on stage or backstage on stage studio or main stage studio act or direct act lighting or sound lighting rehearsal or performance Ooh. Um, performance tech or dress dress Modern or period? Modern. Comedy or tragedy? Tragedy. Set or props? Props. Formal education or life experience? Life experience. Frank or Rita? Rita. <laughs> Hair or makeup? Ooh, makeup. Okay. Any of those? You, you found a couple of those difficult? Yeah. Rehearsal um, or performance? You said performance. That's a really hard one. Um, I know I love... It, it depends on your cast. 
and and what the show is and everything mm. i do love rehearsals and that social side of it but there is just no better feeling than being on stage that's why i went for performance in the end <laughs> studio or main stage i love the main stage but the studio is just so you can just get so much more from it um claustrophobicness and and the the quietness of it. I don't know. I just I like the audience. I thought, and that's funny enough. That is one thing I was terrified of coming here. Was I was thinking, oh my god, I can't perform in the studio with them right there in my face. And I loved it. So yeah, studio. you can just for anyone who's not aware. Typically, in a production in the Crescent Studio, you can see the audience to some extent, depending yeah. on the seating arrangement. There's usually some lighting spill. Sometimes quite a lot of lighting spills so you can really see the people that you're performing to whereas in the main house generally you can't no um especially if it's i mean you can sometimes see the first maybe second row but it's very easy to ignore and actually i quite like not ignoring now i quite mm. like looking them in the in their eyes now just <laughs> 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 something i couldn't do before so i've definitely grown <laughs> oh brilliant well, thanks ever so much for coming on the podcast, Vicky. And we look forward to seeing Educating Rita opening in a couple of weeks. Yeah. Um, and seeing your Rita. So thank you. Well, I hope it all goes well. <laughs> thank you for having me. Thanks, Liz. That was Liz Plumpton in the Crescent Theatre talking to Vicky Euster. Vicky's playing Rita in the Crescent's upcoming production of Educating Rita. It's the Crescent's 100th birthday this year. And many of the shows in our centenary season are revivals from classic plays the company's performed before, or other titles by playwrights that have made a big impact with us during the last hundred years, such as Noel Coward, Harold Pinter, Agatha Christie, Stephen Sondheim or George Bernard Shaw, and William Shakespeare, of course. The season also includes shows by outstanding newer writers, such as Consent by Nina Rain and Red Velvet by Lolita Chakrabarti. Educating Rita definitely falls under the heading of our classic plays. This 1980 comedy by Willie Russell is famous, among other things, for making a star out of Birmingham actress Julie Walters, who starred in the original London production as Rita, with Mark Kingston as Frank. Julie Walters also appeared as Rita in the 1983 film adaptation, opposite Michael Caine as Frank. Educating Rita is a great challenge for an actor, as Rita and Frank are the only two characters who appear, as well as both being very well written and feisty. Although the play's author, Willie Russell, said the play could be set anywhere in the north of England, it's typically set near Liverpool. Julie Walters, like our own Vicky Euster, played Rita as Liverpudlian. Rita is a traditionally working-class young woman in her late 20s or early 30s who, a bit like the play's author, Willie Russell, is a hairdresser with limited enthusiasm for the job and little formal education but a lot of determination. Rita has enrolled in an open university course to seek more from life, perhaps to find herself. Frank is her open university tutor, a frustrated poet and university professor who's pretty reluctant to teach her at first, but finds something refreshing about her. As Rita learns more about literature, Frank and Rita learn a lot of other things from each other. For the rest, you'll have to come and see the show. This production opens in the Wombarba studio on the Saturday 24th of February and runs for eight performances until Saturday the 2nd of March. We've performed Willie Russell's shows ten times, beginning with the musical Our Day Out, which the Crescent Youth Theatre performed in 1989. Other popular shows include the musical Blood Brothers, which the Crescent Youth Theatre performed in 1995 and 2013, so Vicky could petition for a revival and Shirley Valentine, the one-woman show we've produced three times, 
most recently in 2007. 2024 will be the third time we've performed Educating Rita at the Crescent. The first performance was in September 1996 at the Crescent Theatre's old building on Cumberland Street. The director was Russ Files, and Nigel Price played Frank, and Sharon Hansar played Rita, and also designed the costumes. Part of the programme for the show was laid out as if it was the exam paper for a drama GCE. The second production was in autumn 2002 at our current building in Sheepcoat Street, in the main house auditorium. Mark Thompson was the director, Stephen Downing played Frank, and Fiona Cotton played Rita. Fiona Cotton. That name sounds familiar, but I can't quite put my finger on it. Hmm. Lots of people from the production teams on both previous shows are still members today, and both shows shared a stage manager. If you have any memories you'd like to share of these past productions, please do get in touch with the podcast. If you've joined us for the first time this month, and you'd like to hear more memories about the Crescent Theatre, how our archive was put together, and our archivist's favourite finds from the last hundred years, you can listen to our previous episode from September 2023, Now We Are 100. Thank you for listening to the Amateur of Life and Death podcast. If you'd like to listen to more, make sure you subscribe at podcast.crescent-theatre.co.uk or via Spotify or Apple Podcasts to get the next episode. You can find out more about the Crescent Theatre Birmingham and our upcoming productions, including Educating Rita and Find Me, by visiting www.crescent-theatre.co.uk or by following us on social media. Amateur of Life and Death is a Crescent Theatre production. This episode was presented and researched by Liz Plumpton and Laura East. The music is by Brendan Stanley, and the podcast is edited by Kevin Middleton. <laughs>